Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Hey everybody, good morning. Good morning and welcome to Coastal Community Church. I am Pastor Chris. Thank you for joining us here in person and uh, online. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, just always being a part of our wonderful online community, staying engaged, and uh, we love you guys. Wow, guess what? This is the sixth and final service of our Easter weekend, and uh, it's been a great, great weekend, and I just want to say this loud and clear today. We could not do what we do here at Coastal without our unbelievable, amazing, awesome volunteers. You guys have knocked it out of the park, and I am eternally grateful for all of you. Listen, I am so very excited. Um, It's just been a great weekend, but the main reason that I am excited, first of all, and most importantly, it is Easter, and Christians all around the world are celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Savior of all. He has risen from the dead and he is alive. 2,000 years ago on Good Friday, God's one and only Son was crucified on a cross to pay for your sin and mine. And then three days later, Early on Easter Sunday morning, Jesus proved he was who he said he was all along. He proved his power over sin and death and the grave, and he rose from the dead just like he said he would, and that is why we celebrate. Amen? Amen. We're so excited about that, and I'm excited for a lot of different reasons today. Some kind of silly, some kind of fun, some kind of sentimental. I'm kind of excited today because I'm wearing white pants. I literally, I literally have never worn white pants in my entire life. So um, I don't know. This might be a new, th- I feel like kind of a televangelist or something. He's like, no, Pastor Chris, you got to have a whole white suit. So I will not be breaking that out. Anyway, um, but another reason that I'm excited, this one's kind of sentimental and um, exciting, um, is that Easter weekend also happens to be our church's 33rd anniversary. 33 years. Yeah, that's worth celebrating as well. In fact, do me a favor if you don't mind. um, Go ahead and turn to your neighbor, as I like to say, with great enthusiasm, say, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Because it's all of our anniversary. Yeah. And uh, to the single adults here this morning, you're welcome. Um, you just got to pretend you have a serious relationship with somebody and, you know, you never know where it might lead. So very good. Um, But yeah, our first Sunday was Easter Sunday, 1990. I was 22 years old. In fact, I brought a picture, uh, kind of a blast from the past. And uh, this is actually Easter Sunday, 1990. Our very first service was downtown at the Old Exchange Building in the Great Hall. And this is right afterwards behind the Old Exchange Building. I was 22, but I looked about 40 there and um, had a little bit of hair. But um, anyway, 33 years. Wow. Um, 33 years of seeing lives changed by the power of the gospel, Uh, 33 years of just doing life with people, and um, 33 years of just stories and and joy and and, uh, sharing and experiencing the life and love of Jesus with Charleston and the world. But guess what? We're not done. 
And um, I feel like we're just getting started. I believe that. And if you've been a part of Coastal for any length of time, I know you believe it too. But here's also what I believe. You know, for an awful lot of you, this past year or maybe even the last several years have been very painful, very difficult. Um, Some of you have had so many things hit all at once that you feel like you've lost your sense of, of hope and you feel a sense of despair. Maybe today you come here and you're hopeless about a marriage. Maybe you feel hopeless that you're ever going to get married. Some of you parents are hopeless about having children. And some of you are hopeless about a child that you do have. May or he, he or she is wayward. You feel hopeless about a financial situation you might find yourself in today. Or maybe you turn on the news and you're hopeless about our nation, our world. Maybe you're in a situation and you just feel like you're hopeless that things can ever change. And as a result, there is this real crisis of hope today in our world. You know, for a long, long time, uh, people have been searching for hope. But they've been searching for it in all the wrong places. And over and over again, they keep coming up empty. So if that's you at all, I mean, if, you're, if you come here today and you can relate to any of that, I've got some good news for you. You are in the right place. You are. Because today I want to talk about hope and how it's available to you. Because when this world is hopeless and when everything feels like it's all crashing down around you, because of Christ, because of the resurrection, we still have hope. We do. And that's what I want us to talk about today. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us the reason for our hope. Listen to this. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Now stop there for just a second. I think that if there was ever a verse in Scripture that describes the world in which we live today, it might be that verse right there. Apart from Christ, without God, and without hope. And maybe that's how you feel today. Well, if so, it's time to do something about that. You see, you're not here by accident. You know, you're, you're not, you didn't show up here today simply because you Googled us, found us online, or maybe you saw one of the, you know, Easter at Coastal Yard signs and looked us up, or maybe you got one of those postcards in the mail, or maybe, just maybe, because someone loved you enough or cared about you enough and invited you to come. See, I think you're here for a bigger reason. I believe that God has been drawing you to himself 
And on Easter weekend, 2023, he wants you to come home to him. He wants you to experience hope. He wants you to admit what you already know in your heart to be true, that you are hopeless without him. And you are in desperate need of a savior. Now the good news of Easter is this. One has been provided. Now I want you to look at the rest of that verse for a moment. But let's go back to the beginning of it again. (coughs) In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now, you have been united with Christ Jesus. Now, what's he saying? He's saying the reason we can have hope when we feel like there is none, the reason <coughs> that we can have hope when everything seems to be crashing down around us is that we belong to Jesus. If you put your faith and your trust in him, he is saying you can always have hope. And so today, on Easter weekend, I want to talk about that. In fact, what I want to do is give you six reasons why that's true. Now, to do that, we're going to look at one of the, a chapter in the Bible that many people believe is like the greatest chapter in the entire Bible, okay? Romans chapter 8. In fact, really today is, um, is kind of just an overview of this great chapter. And so what we're hoping is that today is going to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. Because for the next four weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of take a, a deep dive into this chapter. And we're going to do a little series about the reasons that we have hope in Christ. So I want to invite you to come back and be a part of that. But today, let's talk about it. Let's, let's jump in. I can always have hope because of the resurrection, because of Christ. Number one, his pardon erases my guilt. His pardon erases my guilt. This is one of my favorite verses in Romans, verse one. It begins this way. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. You see, here's what I actually believe. I believe that if there was no such thing as heaven, it it would be worth becoming a believer, a Christian, just because of this one verse right here. I can live guilt-free without condemnation. I mean, is that good news or what? It's good news because one of the causes of hopelessness today is guilt and shame. I mean, the truth is we, we violate our own standards, okay, much less a holy God's. And many of you walk around thinking to yourself, you know what? I could never be forgiven for this. This is too bad. I've gone too far. I'm gonna carry this with me for the rest of my life. God could never use somebody like me. He could never love me. I am damaged goods. Some of you feel that way. And you see, the more guilt that you carry, the more hopeless you become. But the the great news of Easter is you don't have to live that way. Hebrews 7, 19 puts it this way, but now we have a far better, what? Hope. For Christ, 
makes us acceptable to God, and now we may draw near to him. That means you don't have to be afraid of God anymore because Jesus took every sin you've ever committed, every sin you're going to commit, and he already paid for them all on the cross. You don't have to pay for it. I mean, is that great news or what? That Jesus Christ took a beating so you can stop beating yourself up. That in Christ, and that is the key, in him, you are now and forevermore acceptable to God. And it really doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. You know, we, we could close with that one right there and go home full of hope, never losing hope, that you, you don't have to carry with you anymore the guilt, the shame of everything you've ever done wrong. But listen to me, not only does Jesus, the, the, the power of the resurrection, take care of your past, but it also deals with your present, the here and now. Number two, look at this with me. I can always have hope because in Christ, because of the resurrection, his power breaks my bad habits. His power breaks my bad habits. You know, some of you feel hopeless today because you feel powerless to change. And you've got this kind of dialogue going on in, in, your, in your head, and it, it goes something like this. I can't change. I've tried. I don't have the power to do it. In fact, I know that this particular habit is, is bad for me, but I still do it. I, I know that this, this hang-up, this addiction, this thing, it's messing up my life, but it still has a, a, a stronghold on me. I know that you know this relationship, I know it's self-destructive, but I can't seem to let go of it. I've tried, and I don't have the power to do it. Ever feel that way? Now I'm gonna say something, I wanna tell you, I, I'm not saying it because we're in church and it's like the churchy thing, thing to say, but listen to me, I mean this. That's why you need Jesus. That's why I need him. Because in him, you see, he gives us a power that we don't have. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not ta talking about self-help. I'm not talking about, you know, well, you just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and by sure willpower, you can do it. No. Listen, Romans 8.2 puts it this way. And because you belong to him, again, that's the key. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The power of sin that leads to death. You see, sin is just this, this vicious cycle that many of you find yourself on. It, it goes something like this. I'm tempted. I fall for it. I'm guilty. I'm ashamed. I'm tempted. I fall for it. I'm guilty. I'm ashamed. That's a vicious cycle. And Jesus says, you don't have to stay in that cycle anymore. Because in Christ, God gives you the power, not your own, to change. And the amazing thing is, you see, the more you actually yield control of your life over to God, the more he sets you free from all those things that were once controlling you. Look at this verse, Ephesians 3.20. Now glory be to God who by his mighty power at work within us. Underline that phrase. 
by his mighty power at work within us, is able to do far more than we would dare even ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. God says, listen, I'll give you the power to change. There is always hope. It's as though God was saying, listen, I want you to, to dream, to think of that thing, that maybe the, the greatest thing in your life that you would like to be able to change, that, that you would like to be done in your life, that thing that you think you can't do. He says, I'll do it. I'll do even greater if you'll let me. Number three, I can always have hope because his purpose transforms my problems. His purpose transforms my problems. Now, I don't know exactly how God does this, but I've seen him do it in my own life and I've seen him do it in countless other people's lives. This means that our God, if we allow him to, he has this miraculous ability to use everything that happens in my life in a plan for my good and his glory. That I don't have to give in to despair. Now, I got something to share with you, and it's gonna sound a little depressing on Easter Sunday, okay? But this is the fact of life. You ready for this? Life is a series of problems, <laughs> okay? It is. I mean, the truth is, you're really in one of three situations right now, okay? You're either coming out of a problem, okay? You're in the middle of a problem right now. That's situation number two. Or you're, what's situation number three? You're heading into one, okay? Welcome to Coastal. Good news, right? Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Chris. No, I mean, but that's life. It is. But, it, well, in fact, let me, go, let me go a step further, though. I think the most difficult kinds of problems, or you could call them storms or whatever that you might be facing, the most difficult ones are the ones that just seem meaningless, right? You don't see a purpose behind them at all, and you, you, you end up asking yourself, why? Why is this happening to me? Because when you can see a purpose behind the problem, behind the storm, when you see that there could be some sort of benefit or good come from it, what happens? It gives you hope. You see, God has a purpose for every single problem you go through. I want to read Romans 8.28. Many of you know this verse. Let's look at it. And we know <coughs> that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Now, first of all, I want you to notice some things that this verse does not say, okay? It does not say all things are good. It doesn't say that. Not everything is good in this world. It's not. Cancer, it's not good. Abuse is not good. You know, this is not heaven. We still exist on this side of eternity. It also doesn't say all things work out the way we want them to. <laughs> now, we'd like it to say that, wouldn't we? But it doesn't. 
It also doesn't say all things have a happy ending. That's not true either. There's some very sad endings in this life. But what does it say? We know that God causes everything to work together for good. Now, what's included in everything? Everything. Does that include illness and disease? Does that include the loss of a loved one? Yep. Does that include tragedy and harm? Yep. Did that include, you know, in my own life, when, um, you know, my dad died when I was 13? I don't believe God caused that, but I know he used it in my life. Let me ask you, can, can God bring good out of evil? You bet he can. I mean, just for a moment, think about the crucifixion. God bring anything good out of that? I mean, it was evil to torture Jesus and beat him beyond recognition. It was evil, pure evil, to pound nails the size of railroad spikes into his wrist and feet and suspend him between heaven and earth and put him on a cross. It was evil. But God brought something good out of it. Jesus rose from the dead. He kicked Satan in the teeth. He conquered death in the grave. And God has the ability even to use our mistakes, our pain, the thing that you might feel the most ashamed about. And he has the ability, if we let him, to work it all together for our good and his glory. But it's not for everybody. Only believers have this promise. All things don't work together for good for everybody in the world, but they do. They do work together for good for anyone. Anyone who just humbles themselves and comes before God in faith through his son Jesus and just says, God, here, here's all of it. I give you all of myself. I give you the bad, the very ugly. Here are the parts that I am even most ashamed of. And if you will do that, he can work it together for good. I mean, just look at, look at these first three. Do we have reason to be hopeful or what? I mean, God's forgiveness erases my guilt. The power of Jesus can break your bad habits. His purpose can transform all of your pain and your problems. But that's not all. Number four, I can always have hope. Because of the resurrection in Christ, his protection relieves my fears. His protection relieves my fears. I don't have to be afraid. You know, fear is another cause of hopelessness. When you're afraid, you can't have hope. What's your greatest fear? What's your greatest fear? Is it the fear of being rejected? The fear of being alone? The fear of death? Did you know that 365 times in the Bible, God says, fear not? 
Fear not. I mean, it's almost as if he were saying, hey, hey, I want you to get the point, so much so that I'm going to say it like, you know, one time for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. Romans 8.31, listen to this. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Listen, if you're a believer, not only is God with you all the time, but he is actually for you. He is on your side. Let me give you a little equation you need to remember. One, you plus God always equals a majority. You have nothing to be afraid of. Number five, I can always have hope because in Christ, his provision supplies my needs. His provision supplies my needs. The fact is, our God has promised to meet every single one of your needs. Your emotional needs, physical, spiritual, relational, whatever needs you have. Romans 8.32 puts it this way. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. What is he talking about there? He's talking about Easter. He's talking about Easter. So, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? In other words, if God loved you enough to give up his one and only son, to die for you in your sin, doesn't he then care enough about you to take care of all your needs? Philippians 4.19 puts it this way. Follow along as I read this. And this same God who takes care of me will supply some of your needs. Doesn't say that, does it? Some of you weren't following along. What does it say? And this same God who takes care of me will supply what? What's it say? All, all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us, here's the key again, in Christ Jesus. So God basically says, hey, listen up. Here's your insurance policy. I cover everything. In Christ, if you trust me, I'll meet all your needs. So the bottom line is this. How much do you trust God? Do you trust him enough to give him your life? Let's, let, let me give you one last one, and then we'll close. Number six. I can always have hope because his promise secures my future. His promise secures my future. Listen to verses 38 and 39 of this great chapter. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Ever have any of those? Fears? Worries. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Write this down. Nothing will make God stop loving me. Nothing. Nothing will make God stop loving me. I think God brought some of you here today to hear that. That once you put your hand in the hand of Christ, he will never let go. Now you might try to let go from time to time. 
but he will never let go. He says, I am with you. I am for you. I will always be with you. I will never abandon you. I will never forsake you. You see, your salvation, your hope is secure. Jude 24 puts it like this. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy, listen to this, into his glorious presence without a single fault. Wow. Now I don't know about you, but I got an awful lot of faults. I'm not perfect. Neither are you. So how in the world is that possible? Because my faith and trust is not in me. It's in the only one who ever was faultless and perfect. And when God either calls me home or comes again, because of Christ in me, he will look at me and anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus, and he will say, perfect. Not a single fault. I love Lamentations 3.22, and I have such great hope when I think of this verse. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Guys, listen, there is no doubt today there are so many people that are talking about this crisis of confidence in our nation. You know, Americans have. They've lost hope. Survey after survey show that Americans no longer put their hope in the government. Shocking, right? (laughs) But they've lost hope in their leaders. They've lost hope in their schools. They've lost hope in their future. And when you look at the problems that are facing our nation and our world, it all seems so, what? Hopeless. So what do we do? Colossians 1.27, and this is the secret. Here it is. Listen up. Christ, in your heart, is your only hope of glory. He's the only hope. Listen, our hope does not lie in who we may or may not put in the White House. But our hope is who is the Lord of your house. Our hope is not in man that we, you know, one day put on the moon. But our hope is in Jesus Christ, the man we put on the cross and who rose from the tomb. The hope of this world always is and always has been and always will be Jesus. It's Jesus. Now, Since we as believers have this great hope in Christ and we have all of these wonderful promises of God, how should we live? Let's look at two of our responses. Ephesians 4.1, live and act in a way worthy of those who have been chosen for such wonderful blessings as these. In other words, you know what he's saying? He's saying, Stop looking at the news and being so negative and worried and afraid of this world and what is to come. He says, no, you live and act like you're people of hope because you have purpose. You can live with confidence because Christ in your heart is the only hope of glory. Do you believe it? He says, live like it. Not only that, here's the next thing he says, share it. 
Share it. Stop arguing with people who may or may not be believers yet or live differently than you. Our job is to love them, to serve them, and to point them to the only hope of this world. Look at 1 Peter 3.15. And if someone asks about your what? Your hope as a believer. Always be ready to share it, to explain it. Don't you see? If we live and act like people of hope, the world around us, they're going to want to know. They're going to ask. And it's our job to share it, to live and act like people of hope, and to point them to the only hope of this world. It's Jesus. Let me tell you something. That's what this church has been doing for 33 years and we're not done. Because this world still is lost and they still need Jesus. Now you look back at the outline for just a second because here, my friend, is the offer that Jesus is making to you today. Because again, you're not here by accident. God has been drawing you to himself for this moment, for this time, because today, just maybe, is your day of salvation. Here's the offer for you that Jesus is making, a life without condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. It is all wiped out. It can all be forgiven. A life without domination. His power, the life-giving power of the Holy Spirit can set you free. A life without desperation. You no longer have to be in despair because our God has this ability to work together for good everything in your life. A life without intimidation. You don't have to be afraid because if God is for you, it doesn't matter who is against you. A, God, a life without limitation. Our God will meet every single one of your needs. And then finally... A life without separation. Nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God. But you have to come. You know, if you give your life to Jesus today, what have you got to lose? Actually, a lot. Guilt, shame, worry, bitterness, and hell. What have you got to gain? <laughs> Everything. Hope. Hope. That's what Easter is all about. That's why we do what we do. Because Jesus is the hope of this world. Bow your heads and pray with me and receive him into your life today. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for Jesus, the hope of this world. If you're here today, come home. Receive him by faith. Put your trust and hope in him and him alone. Receive forgiveness and freedom, and hope. And like me, if you've already experienced that, you already have it. You have so much to be grateful for on this Easter Sunday. 
Let's live and act like we're people of hope. And let's share it with the world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.